Hello and welcome to the Stock Podcast. I'm Nate Abercrombie, the host of the only investing podcast that gives everyone the chance to hear public company CEOs and CFOs describe their business and provide the investment case for their company. In this episode, the Stock Podcast is really excited to bring you an interview with Bob Frenzel. Bob is the Chief Financial Officer at Excel Energy, ticker symbol XEL. Excel is one of the largest utilities in the US and it's also one of the greenest which is a very impressive accomplishment in light of the fact that Excel's delivered cost of electricity to ratepayers, so that's customers, like, well, me in this case, is below the national average. In this interview, you'll hear Bob talk about some of the elements that make up a really good utility. So it's not just about the portfolio or the regulatory environment or electricity demand growth, but as you'll hear from Bob, the management team of a utility and how the utility is run is one of the most important contributing factors to long-term success for the utility and solid investment performance for utility investors. You'll also hear more about Excel's ambition to become the first utility in the United States to be completely carbon-free. And you'll hear what the company will have to do to achieve their target. And here's a spoiler, achieving a carbon-free generation portfolio isn't predicated purely on wind, solar, and battery installations. There's a lot of other technologies that Excel's looking at today that will help them achieve their goal. This interview also includes a really good description of just what the regulatory process is like for a utility and how a utility justifies spending money that we, as ratepayers or customers, essentially end up paying for. And Bob also talks a little bit about how a utility determines the rates that we as customers must pay to the utility in order to have access to electricity and, and natural gas. As someone who likes to talk about the future of electric generation and utilities, especially within the context of renewable energy, having Bob on the program is a real treat. But for me, there are two really interesting topics that are discussed in this interview. The first is the fact that regulated utilities don't generate a ton of free cash flow. And for value investors, that's kind of a big deal. You buy a business because it generates or throws off a lot of free cash flow. But the odd thing is about utilities is that you actually want to see a utility spending a lot of that cash on new projects. I've met a lot of generalist investors in my time who aren't fully aware of the dynamics behind the free cash flow profile and what it takes for a utility to grow earnings per share and to grow the dividend. Another really important topic relates to replacement cost or replacement value. Now, this is just one particular approach to investing, but looking at how much it costs to completely replace a business is, well, for me at least, can be a really interesting way to wrap your head around the current market valuation. And for utilities, it's really interesting because utilities are essentially monopolies and they have an enormous amount of infrastructure already in the ground and that infrastructure lasts a very long time. So to hear Bob respond to this question is, for me at least, the best part of this interview. So let's just touch on the financials, acronyms, and then we'll get to the interview. So at the time of this recording, Excel had a market capitalization of nearly $29 billion total debt just over 17 billion and cash on the balance sheet of about 150 million which puts the total enterprise value of the business at just about 46 billion dollars excel pays an annual dividend of a dollar and 62 cents per share which puts the utility's dividend yield at about 2.9% i'm sure there's some acronyms in the interview that i might have missed but 
EVs are electric vehicles, CCS is carbon capture and sequestration. And we also talk about RECs, and RECs are renewable energy credits. So just think about that in terms of the economic value of the environmental attributes of a renewable energy generation facility. Again, I'm, I'm sure I've missed a couple of acronyms, so keep an eye out for the transcript where I'll be sure to create relevant links to the acronyms that are used. So without further ado, let's get to the interview with Excel Energy's CFO, Bob Frenzel. Bob Frenzel, thank you so very much for coming onto the podcast. It's a pleasure to have you on the program. Thanks, Nate. It's great to meet with you too. Well, uh, welcome to Denver, by the way. It's great to get to Denver periodically. We have substantial operations here. So I start out all of these interviews just asking about my guest's background. So if you wouldn't mind just sharing a little bit about yourself and how you got into the business. Uh, sure, happy to. I can't actually believe that it's been three years since I've joined Excel. Uh, I came here from Texas where I was the CFO of a generation company, uh, but my education and first job in, were really in engineering. I was an industrial engineer in college. I was a nuclear engineer in the Navy where I ran nuclear power plants on, on aircraft carriers. You know, in between those two, I spent some time in graduate school getting an MBA and working on Wall Street with Goldman Sachs, advising energy and power clients. Uh, and ultimately, one of my clients hired me, uh, and even Excel Energy had been a client before. And so it's great to come back to companies that you know and work with people that you'd work with in different parts of your career. And and that was Luminant? Is that? Yeah, that was Luminant Energy, where I was the CFO. And I also spent some time at the parent company, Energy Future Holdings, where I ran corporate development and strategy for the company for about three years. Okay. So could you just provide us a little um, history of Excel? Anything you'd like to share, but just, you know, just some background of, you know, what Excel does, where they operate and, you know, just how they came together. Because I, as, as I understand it, there were some mergers and acquisitions in the past that created what is today, you know, Excel Energy, one of the largest utilities in the United States. Yeah, you know, as Excel as we know it today is really a holding company that operates four regulated utilities, uh, gas and electric. Uh, and the combination of Excel Energy happened over the course of probably two significant mergers in the last 25 years. One that combined our southwestern Texas and New Mexico businesses with our Colorado business to form a company called New Century Energies. That company merged with Northern States Power, which is our upper Midwest business, to form Excel as we know it today. Excel, broadly speaking, is a 100% rate regulated uh, electric and gas utility. We operate across eight states uh, and 15 retail jurisdictions to deliver gas and energy to our customers. How much of your business is gas versus electric? You know, we have three and a half million electric customers and two million gas customers. But when I think about it from a, a revenue or an income or an invested capital perspective, we're about 85% electric and about 15% gas on those metrics. Okay. Is one business more profitable than the other? I mean, do you get better treatment, rate treatment for electric versus natural gas? Or, you know, I, I interviewed uh, Spark Energy, which is a, a retail electricity company. Uh, they operate nationwide. You, they described their electric business as being just less profitable and customers being less sticky than their natural gas business. Now, I know you're regulated, so it's a different dynamic, but uh, is there a big difference in terms of either profitability or just your ability to grow between electric and natural gas? 
I think about electric and natural gas as having similar earnings opportunities. I think the invested capital in our electric business is just so much larger than the capital in our gas business. When you think about how regulated utilities have net income, it's generally around a return on invested equity. And our invested equity in our, our electric business, because of the scale and size of both the generation fleet, the transmission fleet, and the distribution fleet, is such that we have more earnings and more invested capital. The actual return on equity for the gas and the electric businesses is reasonably equitable. Mm-hmm. Okay. And could you just sort of characterize the, um, the earnings from transmission, distribution, and generation? You know, Nate, the way I think about it is, is where do we have we invested capital and where are we earning a return on that capital? When I think about our rate base or net plant, we have about $35 billion in net plant. Roughly half of that is transmission and distribution, and a third of that is generation. And then the rest is either our natural gas system or other invested capital. I see. Okay. So could could you just talk about the different geographies? I mean, you mentioned the different states, but so you operate in in in, in Minnesota, you operate in Colorado, you have I think it's eight states that you operate operate in today. We serve customers in eight states: Wisconsin, Minnesota, North and South Dakota, Colorado, and Texas and New Mexico. When I think about the composition of our earnings power. About a third of it is in Minnesota Electric. About a third of it is in Colorado Electric. And a third is in all the other jurisdictions combined. So clearly our two biggest drivers are electric electric customers in both Minnesota and Colorado. Yeah, okay. Could you just describe to the listeners, so that you're the first regulated utility to come onto the program, so thanks for that. Um, but But could you just sort of describe how a really good regulated utility is run. I mean, is it, and I can tell you that, you know, from the outside looking in, you talk to people who are familiar, familiar with utilities and they just think, oh, well, it's kind of a pseudo government body in the sense that, you know, it's overseen by the commission and the people that run the business are almost like bureaucrats. But I certainly don't think that's the case. I think that good utilities are run by really good management teams, but I would love to hear your thoughts on just how a a really good regulated utility is run and, and what are those characteristics of a really good regulated utility? When I think about great utilities, I think about excellent operations, an excellent safety culture, high reliability, low cost, and increasingly in this day and age, a cleaner, more renewable energy supply. When I think about Excel Energy, we try to hit on all five of those characteristics as we operate our company. We come to work every day with a competitive mindset. We think of our customers as having choice. We want to be their provider of choice. Uh, and so we strive to deliver them products and services at an affordable price with a increasingly lower and lower emissions profile. Yeah. And it's interesting you mentioned choice. And this is, there's a lot of changes going on right now in the industry with respect to choice, especially on the West Coast. And even here in Colorado, you see, you know, like Boulder trying to carve themselves out so that they can be 100% renewables. Uh, I just read an article the other day about Tri-State, which is on the other side of the Rockies, but still in Colorado, where the 
municipalities and the co-ops would like to have you know, cleaner energy. And so they're considering other options. And I'm just kind of curious from your perspective, wh- where are you seeing, I mean, are those pressures from your perspective for Excel in, in, in terms of trying to find some ways to mitigate customers leaving Excel from a generation perspective? Obviously, they're still going to pay, if they're in your service territory, they're still going to pay for transmission and distribution. But from a generation perspective and the choice dynamics that are going on, how are you? How is Excel dealing with those issues today? Excel Energy has been a leader in environmental transition for the better part of 15 years. Uh, we've been the number one wind provider to our customers. We know that our customers are seeking cleaner and greener and affordable and reliable energy solutions. And today we know that they've got more choices. They have options like rooftop solar and batteries that they can install in their homes. We increasingly want to offer products and services that they find attractive at an affordable price. I think that competitive pressures for customers to leave the systems has pushed the industry across the country to get more competitive and more in tune with our customer needs. Customers who have the ability to make choices around their electricity provider will do so. We offer 100% renewable uh, connect programs. We offer our large industrial customers opportunities to you know, lower their emissions profile and satisfy their own environmental and social and government governance issues. And so as we continue to communicate with our customers, I think they continue to make us their choice of their provider of choice. Yeah, no, I, I appreciate you talking about the renewable energy component. And I would really like to get your thoughts on just the steps you need to take to get to 100% carbon free by 2050. But one thing that I will highlight that I did see in that article about Tri-State was that this area out in Western Colorado, that you know they have conventional, so coal and natural gas fired electricity that costs 28% well, the cost is 28% higher than Excel's average rates here in in Denver and in the rest of Colorado, which is just really pretty amazing when you think about how they're largely conventional fossil fuel fired energy and Excel has a huge proportion of renewable energy and you're moving even farther into you know carbon-free types of generation technologies. And I just think that's pretty amazing. Uh, we are below the national average in terms of delivery cost, uh, and we try to stay competitive both regionally because we know that businesses make regional decisions as well as national decisions. And we want to be competitive on a cost per unit basis as well as delivering a greener, cleaner product. If you'd like to continue listening to this interview, you'll need to become a member. To become a member, just visit stockpodcast.com. Members have access to all full-length episodes, and depending on the membership that you purchase, you can even have access to the transcripts. So just go to the website, thestockpodcast.com, and click Membership at the top. Also, if you really enjoyed the music, you should check out Danheim. That's D-A-N-H-E-I-M. Mike at Danheim gave me permission to use the music for the podcast, and so a huge thanks to Danheim. And with that, take care and good luck with your portfolio.